and welcome back to another edition of the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. My name is Shem Hanks. Now, I've been telling you that I am your Tuesday-Thursday host, but I'm actually changing my schedule a little bit to be more your Wednesday-Friday person. I normally give you news, I normally give you notes, and I normally give you injury reports. Hopefully you all had a great holiday weekend or a great holiday week, whether you are celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa was this week as well, winter solstice was last week, I guess. So from my family to yours, I wish you a happy holiday week and a happy new year as next week is just around the corner. But until then, we've got week 17 action, a lot to play for, one week remaining. Has it really been 17 weeks since the NFL season started? It's going to be real sad once it's actually over. It's one of the hard six months of the year. Well, summer is great and all. I just miss football too much. So let's enjoy it while it lasts. I haven't been on the, or haven't been on the podcast since the Tennessee Titan game, so let me be one of many to congratulate Michael Thomas on breaking a historic record that I was pretty sure would never would be broken, but not only did he break it, he did it in 15 games, 16 weeks. Also, it's always exciting to see Alvin Kamara actually getting pay dirt, actually getting touchdowns, and so I should acknowledge that as I haven't up to this point. But all of that pales in comparison to what actually is going on today. The biggest headline in football right now has to do with the Saints. Therefore, I have to talk about news and notes today and then get into injury report stuff tomorrow. But news that came in this morning is that Antonio Brown is visiting the Saints. He posted his medical, or I guess his practice waiver, which uh, removes the Saints of liability for if anything happens in the practice and whatnot. But he's there. He is in the Saints facility getting ready to have a workout. Actually, the Saints are bringing in a big group of wide receivers to work them out. If you've been listening to me, you know that I've been highly critical of all the other Saints wide receivers on the team. Right now, Michael Thomas is incredible. He's almost to 1,800 yards, set the single season reception record, only has nine touchdowns. I'm a little critical of that, I do admit. But the second on the team in receiving is Alvin Kamara, and then is Jared Cook. They need another wide receiver option. And wouldn't it be incredible where the best wide receiver of the decade were to be with the Saints. There's been a lot of talk now that we're getting into 2020 about who were the best players of the last 10 years. And certainly, Michael Thomas is having the best season of a wide receiver of the last 10 years, outside of his touchdown total. Once again, I am critical of that. But to pair him with the best wide receiver of the last 10 years, I think is incredible. I am all in on the Antonio Brown train in New Orleans. Now let's talk about some logistics of this, where Antonio Brown obviously has been under investigation by the NFL for its personal conduct policy after he had a lawsuit filed against him by his former trainer. 
even if the Saints were to sign him today, that is no guarantee that Antonio Brown would actually play today because the league would then be forced to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. However, this is a little piece of tidbit that I did not know. It's from Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports, and they had said that for the Saints or any other team that is currently entering the playoffs, the prospect of signing Brown now entails zero financial risk. If he is placed on paid leave by the league for the commissioner exempt list, the pay will be coming not from the team, but from the league-wide playoff pool. So this does give the Saints priority on the Antonio Brown train. And my hope would be that they would sign him for a deal that's pretty minimal for the playoff run, but is something that maybe has some more money involved for next year. I would love to see him actually play for a full year for the Saints. I think that would be incredible. The one thing they've been missing is another dynamic wide receiving option. A guy like Antonio Brown who can make plays on short routes, turn them into massive big plays. is also fast enough to make plays down the field. Even though he's short, he can still high point the ball pretty well because of just how talented he is, as good of an athlete as he is, and as good of hands as he has it would immediately be the best hands combo in the nfl with brown and with michael thomas just from an x's and O's standpoint the league has been having their investigation going on for a while it has been weird to me that nothing has been really said about it there's been no resolution there's been no discussion by the league whether or not it's getting dropped whether or not he's getting four five six games whether or not he's getting half a year It's Roger Goodell right now just continuing to flex his power to keep people out indefinitely, which I don't like. I I view it as a crooked ruler, and I think if a person did the crime, then there should be the punishment, but not something that's just held out indefinitely. I think that's a little cruel and unusual. If you're going to kick him out of the league, kick him out of the league, but don't just say that... He's on an indefinite hold and then put him on your exempt list. So I like this move by Sean Payton and the organization as a whole because it really puts a lot of pressure on the league itself where the league now has to act. It has to make a decision should the Saints actually sign him. If they sign him, then the league has to put him on the exempt list or clear him of any wrongdoing. And as I said, if they do sign him, put him on the exempt list, it is no longer a financial risk for them. It makes nothing but sense at this point. Bring in Antonio Brown. Now, he is a tough character. He is the ultimate diva wide receiver. All of the -the off-the-field issues with this current lawsuit came up when he was with the Patriots. I do think that if that did not happen, that he would still be a Patriot right now. He then probably still would be a Patriot if... He didn't go on a rant about Robert Kraft on Twitter. However, there's only a handful of NFL teams that are actually capable of handling a personality like Antonio Brown, and I think that the Saints are one of them. Long-term coach, good ownership, veteran quarterback, once-in-a-generation wide receiver to pair him with, and I think this could be a move that absolutely pushes the Saints over the top. I think 
unequivocally they would become the NFC favorites if they were to get him and potentially the NFL favorites with only the Baltimore Ravens having a better shot at winning the Super Bowl. So that's my take. I do hope they bring in Antonio Brown. I think he is an incredible talent, but there has to be a resolution around this off the field stuff. If he did do the crime, then I certainly wouldn't want him on my team. But in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. And so that's something I feel like Roger Goodell forgets about. All right. And as I said, it is week 17, which means that there are playoff scenarios at stake for the Saints against the Carolina Panthers. All right. So here's what's currently at stake. The Saints can clinch a first round bye by winning. First things first, you got to win the game. And then... They also need some help. They need either the Niners to lose or the Packers to lose. So everyone out there in Saints Nation is going to be cheering for the Seahawks and for the terrible, terrible Detroit Lions. And that's just really to get uh, the number two seed where you've got to have just one of those teams lose and then they win and then they're the two. To get the number one, they need to win and then both of those teams need to lose. Otherwise, they're the three. I'm also going to say in this game that Michael Thomas, should he play, he has been limited at practice so far this week, is only 112 receiving yards shy of 1,800 yards for the season. That would make him only the fifth player in NFL history to reach uh, 1,800 yards in a single season. Jerry Rice did it in 95, Calvin Johnson did it in 2012, Julio Jones did it in 2015, and The aforementioned Antonio Brown also did it in 2015. Mike Triplett reported on this, and Mike Triplett does an incredible job of covering the Saints for ESPN. He put forward this stat that Cameron Jordan could get an additional $1 million if he gets two and a half sacks in this game to get to 17 for the season. Having 17 sacks would also help him quite a bit with that NFL Defensive Player of the Year award that's currently just wide open. It's insane how wide open that NFL Player of the Year is right now, where any number of 15 guys could be eligible to win. Maybe not 15, 12. Let's say 12. Yeah, I can make an argument for 12. And the Panthers don't really have a lot to play for, other than... The fact that Christian McCaffrey only needs 67 receiving yards and 39 rushing yards to become the first player in NFL history to have 1,400 yards rushing and 1,000 receiving yards in the same season, which is just incredible. It's an incredible stat. Christian McCaffrey is having an incredible, incredible year this year. All right, and so we are now 16 weeks through the NFL season. I'm going to give you a quick update on my top five for MVP, my top five for Defensive Player of the Year, my top two for Offensive Player of the Year. Next week, I will give you my definitive players and MVPs and whatnots and offensives and rookies and coaches and whatnot, but... For right now, I'm still going to give you that top five list because I still think there's a little wiggle room for some of these awards. I will start off with Offensive Player of the Year because that's going to be my most controversial take that will get most of the people out there mad at me. 
Yes, but when I got into this, I said that I was going to always be honest with you guys, and I was going to tell the truth the way that I saw it. And Michael Thomas has had an incredible year, 112 yards away from 1,800 yards, set the single-season reception record at 145. He is my number two person for Offensive Player of the Year. Yes, I am still on the Christian McCaffrey bandwagon, where he is second in the NFL in receptions. Second in receptions as a running back. He is in the top 30 in terms of yards as a running back, a guy who catches the ball one yard in front of the line of scrimmage. He's second in the NFL in rushing yards. He is second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He has had right around 500 more all-purpose yards than the next closest guy, Nick Chubb. He is second in total touchdowns. And, oh yeah, he's done this with only one fumble. He has 18 total touchdowns in one fumble. (laughs) 109 receptions, incredible year. He is my offensive player of the year through 16 weeks, obviously. One week in the NFL has the ability to change everything. And so let's transition to MVP, where I would normally have Christian McCaffrey as number two on my MVP voting. But I do fundamentally believe that you cannot be eligible for the MVP if you did not make the playoffs. I don't feel that way about Offensive Player of the Year or Defensive Player of the Year. But for MVP, absolutely, you have to make the playoffs. And so with that, on the outside looking in, at number six, I've got Deshaun Watson. Five, I've got Russell Wilson. Number four, I've got Patrick Mahomes. And number three, I've got the aforementioned Michael Thomas. At number two, also kind of controversial, I I would suppose, I have Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's having an incredible year. If that Dallas Cowboys team had a replacement level like the 17th, 18th, 19th best quarterback in the NFL, that Dallas Cowboys team is winning three games this year. Dak's been incredible. He is going to have made himself a lot of money on this offseason. However, the same rules apply. Should Dallas not make the playoffs, which is looking like a long shot that they will be making the playoffs, Dak Prescott gets dropped from this list, which is why I brought up Deshaun Watson. He would be the one most likely to move up. And then at number one, the same guy that pretty much everyone has right now is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not going to be playing this week. However, I don't think it really matters a whole lot. I think that Lamar Jackson is still the MVP. Defensive Player of the Year, as I said, is an incredibly, incredibly close race right now. The guy who was my number one last week and has been for a number of weeks now, Shaq Barrett, is down to five. He's my number five guy. Number four, I've got TJ Watt. Number three, I've got Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard is incredible. I actually thought that he had a better statistical season last year than Aaron Donald did, who won the Defensive Player of the Year, but Darius Leonard was a rookie. He won rookie, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and I think Darius Leonard is going to be winning multiple Defensive Players of the Year awards during his NFL career. All right, number two, I've got Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is, 
I'm not sure if it's because he's from in the Northwest with Seattle, but he's really not been talked about as somebody who's having an incredible year for that Seahawk team. And number one, I've got Chandler Jones, the NFL sack leader. That game against Seattle was insane. Getting four sacks, four, and forcing two fumbles. Through 16 weeks, Chandler Jones is my defensive player of the year. But, as I said, one week, especially in this race, can change everything. I know there's a big push for Stephon Gilmore to be in here. He's not for me. I'm sure he's one of those 12 guys I was talking about earlier where you could make an argument for him. Yeah, I just, he's he's not for me. So there you have it, folks. Sean Payton has already come out and said that the starters will play. We'll see if that is true. We'll be taking a look at the injury report later on. It should be out there relatively soon. All right. So with that, I'll talk with you all later. All right. Who dat? Bye.